Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back here on Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Goway, the bike editor at Blister and host of the show. And you can check out everything we are doing interviewing over at blisterreview.com. I'm joined this week by William Boisvert, who is the founder and engineer behind Tool, who are making some stunning-looking, very interesting, machined aluminum high-pivot trail-slash-enduro bikes with, well, notably radical geometry and a bunch of other interesting details going on, and they're machining them in Quebec. So... I sat down with William to talk about everything that he's been up to that's led up to this project, including his first machined aluminum frame design that he kicked off as a college project, what he learned from that experience, how he wound up deciding to machine frames in the first place, and his design goals, intentions, and plans to bring the tool bike to market. So... There's a lot going on here, and William has a lot to share about his thought process and everything that's gone into designing the Tool bikes, and it's a pretty cool conversation in which he just opens up about what he's been up to. So, hope you enjoyed as much as I did, think you will, and let's get right to my conversation with William of Tool. Well... William, great to sit down and chat here. How are you doing today and where are you today? Excited to be here. First time on a podcast, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun chatting bikes. Well, as you sort of said, kind of here to talk bikes and, well, you've been working on something pretty interesting there. So I guess before we get into the particulars of the bike, though, just Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you make your way into the bike industry and where did you end up founding Tool? So, yeah, I grew up in uh, Mont-Saint-Town in MSA. Uh, grew up uh, really excited every summer for the World Cup. Uh, wandering through the pits, looking at the bikes, really loving it. So, yeah, my parents moved to uh, Mont-Saint-Town because they love the sport and the accessibility to the the trails and the forest and all that. So grew up there. Uh, got into biking quite young. Uh, I was really into competitive uh, mountain biking, like cross country. But I wasn't like I didn't have that much of the competitive spirit. <laughs> so I was more about having fun and riding bikes with friends. So eventually I stopped racing. I went a bit into coaching, trying to get some of that spirit of like more fun oriented uh, into the the younger generation. So yeah, I've always wanted to study mechanical engineering, like since I was really young, but I didn't really know why. It just felt natural. I was always like playing with stuff and like every time I got something new like a toy or whatever it was always like disassembling everything and sometimes building it back sometimes not like merging two things into one so yeah it was felt pretty natural but once you got into like enroll in a proper program I started to I think question myself too much so I was like 
is it really what I want to do? So I went ahead and went with applied physics, which wasn't for me. So eventually a year later, I got back on track, got into mechanicals and this really was where I belong. So yeah, I did my full engineering degree. Uh, and then at the end, I was really focusing on product development and manufacturing process. This is what really was driving me. So yeah, at the end, uh, I took a class that like enables you to do whatever product design you want, as long as you can get the project done in seven weeks. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's make a bike. So then we machined our first bike. So this was pretty much when things started. So after graduation, I was really keen on making bikes. I wanted to keep going. So I started applying to a bunch of jobs in the bicycle industry, trying to find a place where I could just keep doing that. So yeah, wasn't able to find anything that was like, that would satisfy this need of doing. So I went back to the teacher with which I did the last class. We designed the first bike. So asked him if I could like just keep like researching and make bikes the way we started. So yeah, I got into uh, graduate studies and then this is really where tool began like as, as a project and like building something and eventually getting to sell some bikes. So yeah, this is pretty much how things started, but then like obviously I was looking for it, couldn't find a job, but then I was set, I was doing something and then a job came to me. They proposed a job for me in the industry. It was like a consulting job, but for one of the big firm in, in the Quebec area, like focus on bicycles. So I, like I needed to say yes. So then I kind of put the master on hold and then move all the way there, started working full time. So I was kind of in between doing my stuff and the job full time. So it was really draining and rough. I did that for almost two years, but then I moved back to focusing on tool like full time. Uh, yeah, this, it was a good experience. I really loved it. It was cool to be in the industry, work with alongside like the big companies and all that. But yeah, it's, it was kind of a validating to see that really what was driving me was really the manufacturing and the local aspect of doing stuff our way. So this is what like really was the, the main point on like leaving that behind and keep going really doing stuff differently, but in a way we can do locally. So this is pretty much where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go into much more depth on tool in a few here, but I'd actually love to start with that first bike project that you started in college and <laughs> the note sort of saying you had a seven week window to do a design project. And so dove straight into a machine frame Sounds like an ambitious timeline, we'll say. Uh, what did you end up doing kind of general design-wise for that bike and how, how did that project go? Yeah, so we could do whatever we wanted. So I was like, let's do a bike. But that was all I knew. I wanted to do a bike. So we started looking into like manufacturing process for bikes. 
I was already looking into that quite a bit. So I knew some of the processes involved. So it all came down to what can we do here with the university facilities. So we were like, okay, is there any like uh, teacher or technician that would be comfortable welding a bike? So the answer was pretty much no. <laughs> we were like, okay, so we cannot weld. I'm not a welder. I knew I could like find my way into designing and learning all of it, but I was like, welding, it's not going to happen in seven weeks. So yeah. And then like, we're like, okay, we'll find the welder later. So we started trying to get some uh, suppliers for tubing and stuff like that. And like, this is where you understand the, the really the, the, the size of the industry. Like it's really hard to get these tubings and like what is really like bike frame specific is pretty niche. And it's hard to get, it's not like standard tube size and all that. So yeah, this puts everything into perspective because like the time frame that we had was not like stressing us. It was really how can we get the supplies and how can we make it happen? Not time-wise, but just making it happen without having to buy any factories or whatever. So it, uh, with a discussion with the teachers and all the, the professional involved, they were like, yeah, just machine it and bound it. We're like, bounding? What? So <laughs> this is how we started. And then Paul was just like, uh, I've heard a little bit of it, like a couple of Pink Bikes articles, and it was really like the beginning of it. So it was really new at the time. So the teacher was like, yeah, I've been bounding like buses and cars and trucks for, for years. So we'll make it happen. So then, then, yeah, it made sense because like the only thing we needed was a CNC. So we had the CNC, <clears throat> we were able to bound. We didn't need any furnace, anything for quenching, any like heat treatment was not a problem. We were getting T6 material and keeping it that way. So this was pretty much the baseline of the project. And then we, we made it happen. We, we made a bike. It wasn't perfect, but it was a bike. We ride it and like, it was a cool process, but then like the, we didn't do an actual bike. We did the front triangle based out of my Da Vinci Troy I had back in the days. So we just did like a new front end machine. So we changed the geometry a bunch, but like we used the, the rear end of it. So yeah, that's what we did in the first, in like in this uh, seven weeks time frame. So yeah, so it was really a team effort. There was two guys really involved with me back then in the project. So we're able to do it. And then after that, I kept going, but I was on my own. So now I needed to figure out the machining and like what these guys have done to help me. I needed to do it by myself at the time. So then I, I learned like all the machining and everything. And then since then, it's pretty much just the continuation of the same, same process. Yeah. I mean, even just for the front triangle, getting that all together and making it happen in seven weeks still seems impressively quick, frankly. Uh, and how did that 
first bike ride and it didn't last really long <laughs> to be <laughs> honest like uh, yeah i would say lots of rookie mistakes <laughs> that we did but i think it's one of the best way to learn it's really by doing so that's what we did and like yeah i've came a long way in terms of bounding and machining so yeah most of these things were didn't really make sense but we did it anyway but yeah all in all it was was pretty good all things considered i think uh and yeah the frame was good like the the just just the design of it and all was like really different and really 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 different from the actual Troy that was that it was designed around and yeah so and it was not an easy task to start to adapting something to like an existing rear end because like we needed to almost scan it like we use a cmm to get the pivot points right and we were able to assemble it and everything it was functional but yeah not really didn't perform as well as we would have expected it so yeah it was really like a first a first there was a first to everything that was our first and then yeah that one for just like because we couldn't afford the big piece of material we did like a bunch of small piece bounded together so after that i really uh, really started focusing on one big block frame but i wanted to use uh the least material possible so this was really like the driving idea of designing the first proper tool bike frame so yeah kind of uh use what i learned with this experience to start off a better way when i started the, the second attempt yeah mm -hmm. right i mean there's a lot to be figured out in there and yeah yeah really there's a lot and there's still a lot to figure out but i think it's really it's such a fun process and it's what it like yeah it's so riding a bike that you've built is uh, something quite unique it's a really nice feeling it's kind of you get addicted to it i think riding your your bicycle frame but then uh it's part of the process to break frames and to start over and i think most of the builders out there could could agree that like it's one of the best experience to ride your bike at first but then pushing it breaking it understanding what where you messed up and starting over i think for me it's really something that drives me but at the same time it's hard because like you're building frames you're doing something that not of a lot of people are doing so it drags a lot of attention so then i still have my backup bike i call so this year it's been pretty good i've used it for like two weeks so <laughs> but when you're on the backup bike people are like oh oh what happened and like it's but all in all like if it wasn't for that it's the best thing to just ride your bike break your bike and figure out and then get better at it it's really something a unique process that i consider myself really lucky to be able to do because it's really something that is yeah riding your bike and 
seeing the bike evolve and getting feedback, you know, it's really something great as a biker that like is really into these kind of things. It's really like the full package and it's really fun process. Someday I'll actually get around to it. I've mentioned this on here before, but I've got, and I worked as a mechanical engineer for quite a long time before making the career change to doing what I do now. And I've got a lot of kind of concepts and some CAD models in various stages of completion, but have never really taken the step of actually seriously starting to get any of them built. And um, just kind of like you, I know enough to do a lot of the work. I'm not a good welder. Uh, I'm, you know, and just have not really made the time and space to, to make it all happen, but someday, hopefully. Yeah. It's a pretty big, it's a bit pretty big commitment, like to just start to do it. It's like, you kind of, it's a big, big, big step. It's a big jump to do like just, yeah, let's make a bike. Where do you start and all that? So I think yeah there's a minimum requirement that you need to have but after that like don't plan it too much because it's you're gonna get scared and you're not gonna do it (laughs) yeah no I, i think that's exactly right and i've sort of joked but not you know kind of meant it before that i think i know enough to know how hard it would be to actually do it and so in a way that has actually held me back. And whereas like going in a little bit without the sort of background and experience and not being as sort of put off by knowing what it's going to take to actually make something happen, you know, might actually make it easier in a way. So anyway, I guess, so, you know, we kind of covered your first foray into machining a frame or front triangle for one at least. And then, well, where did you go from there? I mean, sort of once you decided to start taking tool a bit further, what were the next things that you wanted to design and where did you start at that point? For the bike itself, like first thing was really, yeah, first big step coming from just designing a frame and uh do the full like manufacturing was really now we're doing a frame a bike from scratch so we need to get some like uh, guidelines for where we want to go with it so yeah the first main ideas was really to do something that is simple uh low maintenance predictable uh i wanted to do something that was durable and that would age well kind of like in response to like i call it the fast food of bicycle like things go out of date every couple years and like it's moving so fast and like the the big bold colors for like the yearly colorways of of frame companies like these were all stuff that I didn't really relate it to. So I wanted to do something that went like fully the opposite way. 
and do something that would be more neutral, more uh, centered on the manufacturing and on the material itself so that these like material or ageless, I mean, it's not like uh, anything fancy. It's just, it's what it is. It's the material, it's the process. So yeah, and then that was like the driving idea. Uh, after that, it was really in a, on the manufacturing standpoint was really, we wanted to do it locally using, uh, using simple process and do it like in a way that is simple in terms of the machines involved, the process involved, the energy involved. So this is why we stick with the aluminum and do like machining aluminum is quite fast. It's easy it's something that like now i have like uh, partners that are really good and experienced in machining aluminium so this is what we could do and then uh, yeah so i know it was a big piece of aluminium like aluminium yes it's it's fully recyclable infinitely but it's still it's a big big industry the recycling and that uh, like i wanted to be to do the most i could before relying on that to just say it's recyclable and there you there we go there is no waste so we we designed everything in terms of maximizing the use of the material of course there is a bunch of uh swap that goes to recycling but still we minimize the amount of raw material we needed uh and yeah so when we figured that out was really figuring the geometry constraint of using less material and then once that was set we like the fun part begin of just imagining what you want your bike to ride like so as i said back i have more of a background in cross country but fun our recent cross country. So I wanted like a small, big bike, uh, born and raised in Mount town, like trails are rough there, but that's what we like. And that's what we grew up enjoying, but yeah, riding a small bike in these harsh condition is something that I always love, but it's something that is really hard on the bike. So like the idea at the beginning was like, let's do a small bike that can handle the big stuff. So the, from this came the I single pivot design, I single pivot for simplicity linkage driven because it was a way to get uh, a more like more performance in terms of where we get the support in the travel to make sure that a small bike could handle that. Uh, and then yeah, geometry, uh, back when we designed it, we were pretty out there, like long and slack. Haven't really tried it, but then we did the first one, tried it. And at first it's kind of a little weird. You're not used to that, but once you get the hang of it, it's really fun. But like the idea was to like long slack, but I wanted to keep like a nimble feel something that could be agile in some way so that's kind of uh, counterintuitive because it's long and slack but at the same time you want it to be still nimble 
So yeah, the small travel of the first model we did helped on that. And I think that we achieved pretty well. So yeah, the big part of it was the kinematics. I think it's the heart of every bicycle design. And we wanted something modular that could like first time you build a frame as a young engineer, you don't have that much experience and you want to go through this process, I think, of learning what you like and what are the effect of every parameter. So I wanted something that left a bunch of room for like tweaking the kinematics and like I wanted wiggle room in the design to be able to move forward from that. So this is what we did. And yeah, so I started like this. I, I was playing with linkage, like every young engineer, but I wanted more than that. Like I wanted to understand why things were having this effect on the riding field. So. Yeah, I took a class of uh, kinematics in uni and in this course, like we were learning the maths and everything behind linkage. So it was a really fun process to just do some boring maths, but uh, oh, oh, this is where this value comes from. So this is why anti-squat is what it is. And this is why this leverage is more progressive than the other. So it was like enlightening to be able to make these kind of uh, association. So at the end of this course, I, I wanted, like, there is so much uh, well established ways of designing more complex linkages than just a simple four bar, four bar bicycle frame linkage. So I was like, it would be would be great to use these techniques to be able to actually do something optimized and not just like trial and error. So I kind of designed a little software that reverse engineer a curve so that you can have your geometry constraint and you input the curve you want and it optimize all the, the layouts so that you get as close as possible as what you wanted uh, initially. So this is how the the linkage was born in a way. And the idea was really packaging it in a simple way, like no, just eh, like just focusing on, on the bike and not having a, a linkage on wheel, just like a fun bike that is, that looks simple. So that's why everything is kind of hidden in the frame. I think it, like it doesn't take too much of the the space. It's just, it's a bike and it has a truck. How it works, it's not really important, but yeah. So that was the, the idea. And this is what we did uh, to start. So now that we had the geo, we had the kinematics. So like another fun part begins where you just build the surface and like you, you get a bike that is going to look the way you want. And then uh, that's a cool process to do because you do it in a way that you are going to machine it. So everything is made for the process. 
So this is how you would, we achieved to do the bike with like the simplest CNC machine you get. Like it's all done on the three axis milling machine. So yeah, it's a lot of brain juice to see how you can access that, how you can like set up this to be able to do it in a like effective way. So yeah, we did that. So pretty much, yeah, that's what like simplicity and it makes sense mechanically for me to have a eye pivot. Like seems that every mechanical aspect of the linkage and the suspension works in a more effective, efficient way. Uh, and yeah, was like one of the goal was really to keep the number of bearings as low as possible because like some in the industry, some companies, it's like, it's crazy how, how like the amount of bearings have gone crazy, like almost 30 bearings in a bicycle frame. So we wanted to keep it as low as possible. So it's all like compromise. You, you win in some aspect, you lose in some, but yeah. And it was really one of the main, uh, driving reference for the bike was, uh, Balfa. I grew up like really like admiring these bikes, the way they look, the way they were built and the simplicity and the, they were raw. They were like, they looked solid and they were like, their design were kind of, uh, ahead of their time. I think you could still have a BB set like with actualized geometry, but just like the, the, the design wise, the way the bike looked in today's world cup bits and i think it would still be a great looking bike compared to some others in the same like uh, in the same period so yeah uh so yeah that's why the bike is really like the way it looks and the kinematics is like inspired on the nouveau riche balfa nouveau riche it's tweaked for a certain certain characteristic, but the layout of it is pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of interesting stuff in there. And I mean, you sort of touched on the, the bike design concept being aggressive geometry in a comparatively short travel, high pivot bike. But tell us a little more about some of the particulars, kind of what are we talking as far as travel numbers and geometry and what have you here? Uh, right now it's uh, 150, 170 at the front. Uh, pretty high pivot. Uh, the rearward uh, through the full travel is around 20, uh, 22 millimeters of rearward travel. Uh, yeah, it's pretty progressive. It's really designed around a, a coil shock. Uh, so yeah, you cannot really ride a hair truck on it. So it's really designed for it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 62 degree head angle, steep C2 angle of uh, 78. If right now would be like a large, extra large, it's 500 reach. Uh, Pretty high stack, all things considered. It's like 640, uh, 645 stack. Uh, short rear end, like at, sa at 
static it's almost as short as i could go it's uh but then because it grows so much like at sag it's still a pretty long bike it's around 450 so yeah but it's really minimal as we could go and like it's mallet compatible you can just changing one link you can keep the same geometry but riding it mallet so yeah but right now we are really getting into another fun part of tweaking the kinematics and unlocking more travel option so i'm working at the moment on like 130 all the way to 200 like proper dh using the same uh, front and rear triangle so yeah and like the linkage was that was the goal at the beginning but turns out that it's we're getting there and it's pretty much doing what we expected like we're able to get some decent curve for a lot of travel option so that's pretty that's really fun and it's going to be exciting to test next season because we're pretty much done here in quebec we were able to stick one last one i think this weekend uh all the way up in bromont but uh, here we had snow last last week so we're pretty much done we're looking into more skiing now yeah so it's uh, yeah it's we kind of, we kind of call it the grind season. It's time to we cannot ride, so we need to spend time in the shop, spend time on the computer in the lab, and try to achieve all our goals to be able to get more people on the bike next week uh, next year. Yeah, right on. And how many prototypes have you built at this point, and how much time do you have on them? It's, uh, we built six at the moment. Now we have two that are, we are riding, we have two samples that are riding at the same time, but not for long. Uh, season is pretty much over. So these are going on the bench later next, this, this week or next week. So we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna break them, see what's up and move, move on from that. Yeah, but yeah, six so far. Yeah, we've done some change, but like there's so many things to work on. It's kind of hard to get a good like design experiment on that because you want every time you're building a new one, you want to do a lot of change, but you need to slow down and focus on some aspects because other than otherwise it's it gets so messed up and you don't know the effect like which aspect have an effect on which result so yeah you need to take it one step at a time i think and so yeah this winter it's really the 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 goal to we have like to we're we're aiming on two things in parallel we want to really set the the structural like uh, uh, like durability of the concept and make sure that it's like like we can repeat and like scale it to the production we want to reach and being sure that all the frames that will leave the shop will be like hundred percent what we want them to be and uh the same and like in parallel we want to work on new uh new new travel options 
geometry uh, tweaks, like some some uh, adjustment that we want to to get into the design. So this is pretty much the goal for this winter, and really make sure that like we we are repetitive on the bench, and next year we will be we will try to push things a little further using the acquisition that we didn't have time to squeeze in this uh, season but we'll start with that next uh, next spring really get some field data and really move on from that and perfecting our testing in lab to make sure that we can deliver more durable and like more performance in the same package so yeah, a lot of, the list is pretty long, but yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, I mean, lots to work on, but as you said, that's it's exciting to feel like you've got a vision for where you want to go and just be in a position to plug away at it rather than needing sort of not having that clarity of direction and I want to touch a little bit as a as an aside on just machining frames generally because I think there's maybe a bit of a perception among folks that when you're CNCing stuff you're just putting a block of material on the machine hitting a button and something perfect pops out but especially when you're talking something as big and thin-walled as the half of a front triangle say it actually gets pretty complicated to fixture everything and get it held properly so that you can end up producing good parts. And how complicated have you found that? And kind of just what's that process of getting that dialed in look like? Yeah. Uh, first, why? Like we, the idea of the machine construction is something that like people don't really are in line with sometimes but in my the way we see it is it makes sense for the scale we want to give to the business we want to really want it to keep human scale and like it uses simple machinery it's actually a pretty simple uh, process and it enables like the output that are really close to designing and tuning the design of a carbon frame because machining everything, we have access to all the inside and outside walls and surface. So we can really push and say like, we can use like finite element analysis that are way easier to get dialed perfectly using aluminum than carbon fiber. So I think it's really the best of both worlds. It, it gives an aluminum bike that is stiffer than regular aluminum construction, but still it's aluminum. So it has like this, like, uh, aluminum characteristic of just being a little more like permissive and mellow than like a carbon frame but we're kind of going in the same direction carbon and aluminum we want to get the aluminum stiffer they want to get the carbon like more supple so i think we'll eventually meet in some 
in some place that is going to be quite the same. But yeah, this process enables us to do it. And, but as you say, it's, it's a simple process once you get it dialed, but getting there is the hard part. Like people are always asking me, oh, so you machine every bike like one by one. So I can send you my geo and my design and you can, uh, yes, but no, <laughs> there's a lot of time and effort to put in to getting a code that will work well and that like, and it's such a hard thing to do because it's a big, it's a big cycle time, the full bike. At first, when I first started, it, I was like 30 hours in front of the machine. Now it's way less than that. But when I started, that was what we were dealing with. So you're, you're just standing there checking and taking notes for like this, like we're vibrating here. We're not stiff enough. Oh yeah. We're too stiff. It doesn't work. So yeah, we have too much relief here. So we're out of tolerance and like a lot of aspect to, to play with. And it's hard to, again, to see what is the effect of each, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's doable. Like we've done it and we're still working on it, but now like it's crazy. Now the bike, the amount of finishing the, of hand finishing needed for every bike is just now it's almost none it comes out of the machine and everything is just ready to bound and like tolerance are getting better. Cycle time is dropping fast, but it's it's really a work in progress. Like you just progress and you get better at it, but starting a new, a new frame geometry, like add, adds a bunch of new, uh, new consideration so that then you need to kind of work your way back to the, the same process. But once you get something going with like the geometry, the way you, you hold the, the 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 part is really once it's set it's pretty good yeah you can push and like but yeah it's it's really a learning curve like you get better at it and now things that we were having trouble holding it's really easy now and it's faster and like we get better surface finish we're playing with different tool and tool life is getting better but yeah it's a complicated process but the end goal really is to eventually we'll be ready and we'll just press cycle start and then we'll basically have a bike that comes out at the other end so yeah the machine is it's it can work day and night it's and it's never it never takes a day off so yeah, that's really the end goal. But now, like the last frame we did, it's more mellow. Like we can, we're not there yet to just press start and go go home, but we're getting there. And it's because, yeah, starting with this manufacturing technique was really hard because it's like time consuming because you really need to stand there and wait for it to be over and it's quite stressful and i wasn't a machinist i learned 
by doing it. So now I'm a little more uh, confident, but at first it was really like really stressful and big days at the shop, but now we're, we're getting better. And so, yeah, it's, we want to do more because it takes less energy, less, it's less stress. So this is where things get better and then you can really push and try stuff that at first you wouldn't even consider, but now we're just like, yeah, the gains are going to be worth the trouble. So let's do it. And we know we will be able to overcome these troubles. So yeah, that makes a ton of sense and just take some time to get these things dialed in. But once they are dialed, it is a manufacturing technique that lends itself to things being pretty nicely streamlined. So what do you sort of see as being the next steps here? And when do you think you'll be ready to start selling bikes at this point? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. I wish, uh, I wish we could say we'll start selling tomorrow, but unfortunately it's not the case. We believe in what we're building. Like we're confident it's, like it's working and all, but there's still a lot of work to do and we're taking it one step at the time. And like we approach things differently than many others, I think in this business, because we're really focused on, on the fabrication side. We are actually making the bikes, like everything we do, we do in-house and like so we design a part, we machine the part, we test the part, we do the finite element analysis prior to that. And we don't just rely on those. We build our own test lab. So now we actually put the bikes and the parts on the machine, cycle it in fatigue impact and get that out of it. So yeah, it's really something that is from what I've seen in the industry is quite different because sometimes you're more into like production deadline and you take more chance in a way we are really like, we don't take a lot of chance. Like we test things and we don't go in production. We do a lot of uh, like one off and like, we're going to do one link that looks good, but we don't know for sure. So we're going to do the finite element analysis, but then we're going to machine it, ride it, uh, cycle it, see if really it is what it was supposed to be. And like working with aluminum, I think, uh, demands this kind of approach because like fatigue in aluminum is something that is causing a lot of trouble in the industry. So that's our process and we are kind of sticking to it. But yeah, next step, as I say, it was really, as I said, was, is really going to be, uh, working on the process, the bounding process, the machining to make sure that we are getting bikes out of the door that are as good as the one before and as good as the next one. So it's kind of scaling the production because right now one one proto at the time it's working well but like now we want to do more at the time so 
are we do we have everything dialed to be able to to do that the strong side of the bike at the moment really is the the geo we're still working on the kinematics but yeah the geometry we really like and uh well, one other big aspect is really the like stiffness and weight possibility with this design it's so crazy it's unbelievable how much we can do and how much we could like test and try so i think we are like a couple steps away from really optimizing that but this is going to be a hard one because where do you stop there's so much we can we have access to everything so like the the possibilities are endless so yeah we next year the goal is to get as much people on the bike as possible we already have kind of a waiting list of people like uh, locally uh, look like waiting for it so we're gonna get as much of these guys on the bike and yeah yeah it would be good to maybe end of the season do some like a pre-prod or some like first really sales like of a full bike as it is but yeah next year i think it's more more realistic to say that we want to be able to have the first like prototype production of like some somewhere around 10 bikes on the field and really start to see like how this goes i think it's really the first step into uh selling yeah yeah it makes sense and better to take your time and get it right than rush into something so i mean you know hard to predict how long that'll all take but sounds like you're well on your way at least and uh well this has been just a cool rundown on what you're up to and i mean the bike certainly looks incredible uh and be very interested to see where it all goes from here so thanks for taking the time to chat and tell us all about it and best of luck with everything going forward thanks thanks for having me and thanks for taking the time to chat and uh yeah Hopefully, I'll be back with some more info on that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks again. Thanks. All right. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And as always, we would appreciate you leaving us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts to help keep the show going and growing. I'd like to say thanks to William for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing the conversation. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister... Please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we'll be back again next week. Bye, everybody.